Welcome to the Omnicare Infusion Nurse Podcast Series. Today's topic is on peripherally inserted central catheters, or PICs. We are excited to provide these podcasts to answer some of the many questions we get from post-acute care facility nurses. We will share updated information on infection control and infusion therapy. My name is Ron Coronado, and I am your host today. Joining us are Erica Tibbetts and Leonard Gross. Erica, how long have you been an infusion nurse educator with Omnicare, and what areas do you cover? I have been with Omnicare for almost three years now, and I cover the Pacific Northwest Territory, Washington, Idaho, Montana, and Oregon. Leonard, how long have you been an infusion nurse educator with Omnicare, and what states do you cover? Well, I've been with Omnicare for over five years now. My area is all of Arizona and New Mexico. Welcome, Erica and Leonard. We are all infusion nurse educators with Omnicare, a CVS health company. Let me start by saying whether you are an expert with PICS or a new grad, we hope this podcast will provide you with some valuable information to help you better care for your patients and avoid common PIC complications. If at any time you have questions regarding your patient's PIC or any infusion-related question, do not hesitate to pick up the phone and call your infusion nurse educator. We're here for you. So, Leonard, why don't you get us started? Please explain what we all think of as PIC basics or PIC 101. Oh, absolutely. The peripherally inserted central catheter, or PIC, is a central vascular access device, or CVAD, that is placed into the brachial, the cephalic, the cilic, or medial cubital vein of the upper arm. Nurses sometimes don't realize that the PIC is a central catheter and not a peripheral catheter because of its placement in the arm. Erica, what are some of the benefits of a PIC? The benefit of using a PIC over a peripheral catheter is that the tip location allows infusion of any type of medication or solution. Because of its placement, infusions like parenteral nutrition and vancomycin can infuse via the PIC. I use parenteral nutrition and vancomycin as examples because TPN has a high osmolarity and vancomycin has an extreme pH. So are you saying you can't give vancomycin through a peripheral catheter? Well, vancomycin is acidic. Therefore, it is not recommended to infuse it through a peripheral catheter due to the smaller veins in the peripheral circulation. Extreme pH medications or solutions can irritate the inside lining of the peripheral vessels, causing phlebitis. The size of the superior vena cava in the central circulation provides large amounts of blood flow that facilitates quick hemodilution of a drug. Leonard, please explain to our listeners the difference between a central catheter and a peripheral catheter. Well, to start with, there are two peripheral vascular axis devices, the regular short peripheral IV and the midline. There are four central vascular axis devices, the PIC, tunneled, non-tunneled, and the implanted port. The differences are that with a central catheter, you can infuse medications high in osmolarity and extreme pH. The tip of the central catheter is confirmed to be in the superior vena cava, SVC, or the inferior vena cava, IVC, by either a chest x-ray or an ECG. Some nurses confuse the midline as being a central catheter because it basically looks like a pick. How can the nurse tell them apart? Well, the best way is to check the chart and find the catheter placement documentation from the discharging facility. Most catheters have brand name and other identifying markings printed on the wings or on the vascular access device itself. Simple enough. Leonard, you mentioned something about tip verification using electrocardiogram. 
please explain? Yeah, Ron. ECG is a newer form of tip confirmation. It is used when the PIC is inserted. During insertion, it changes how the ECG printout looks so the vascular access nurse knows that the tip is in the right location. Why don't we talk about the different types of PICs? Uh, Erica, what does it mean when a PIC has multiple lumens? Well, PICs have single or multiple lumens. If a PIC has multiple lumens, like two or more, it means that each lumen is separate from the others. It's like having two or more tubes wrapped up all in one, and this means medications or solutions can infuse independently from one another at the same time, even if they are incompatible. So are you saying that if a PIC has two or even three lumens, it can accommodate two or three completely different infusions? That's right, Ron. A patient can have several different medications or fluids running at the same time, even if they are not compatible, and it's okay because they are infusing into separate catheters and will not mix. What about PICs that are labeled power PIC? Ah, uh, yes, the purple power PIC. Um, not always purple, but clearly labeled power PIC. Power is a feature of the PIC, like satellite radio in your car. Not all cars come with it. It's just an additional feature to the car. Power PICs are specifically designed with stronger-grade plastics for rapid injection. These are commonly used in CT scans when injecting contrast because of the high pressures used during the test. The long-term care nurse cares for these PICs the same as the ones that do not have the power feature. It's important to know that power injections are never performed in the long-term care setting. Power pick is for power injection. Got it. Leonard, I've heard that central catheters are either valved or non-valved. Would you please tell us a little bit about what a valved pick is? Well, valve catheters are manufactured with pressure-sensitive valve integral to the catheter. There are two different valve catheters. One is closed-ended and the other is open-ended. The closed-ended catheter has a slit near the distal tip, which acts as a three-way pressure-sensitive valve. The open-ended catheter has a pressure-sensitive valve located in the hub of the catheter. Valve catheters do not require heparin and do not have clamps. And what about non-valve catheters? Well, the non-valve catheter has an open distal tip. There is no pressure-sensitive valve, so the non-valve catheters do require heparin. This type of catheter does have a clamp, and it needs to be closed when the catheter is not in use. Erica, how can we help the nurses listening to the podcast who may be admitting a new patient from another facility, and that patient already has a PIC? Omnicare provides educational material and forms for the nurse to use as a guide while taking reports. I have learned from my many years of teaching that taking report is a common place for communication breakdown. In addition to everything you need to know about your patient, there are so many things you also need to know specifically about the PIC, and it's easy to forget to ask all the right questions during report. What are some of the questions that the nurse needs to ask from the discharging facility? Leonard? Some of the things that you need to know are, one, when and where is it inserted? Two, what's the total catheter length? Three, what's the external catheter length? Four, what is the arm uh, circumference measurement? Five, how many lumens does it have and are they patent? And six, is it valved or non-valved? And seven, do they have confirmation of the tip placement? 
Erica, Leonard mentioned measurement. Can you elaborate on why PIC measurements are important? Well, there are three important measurements needed to be assessed when a patient has a PIC. The nurse needs to obtain the total catheter length from the discharging facility. This is the measurement from the wing to the distal tip. The nursing staff cannot use the PIC until the tip placement has been confirmed. When the nurse is removing the PIC or a patient inadvertently pulls out their own PIC, Comparing the documented total catheter length to the actual will ensure a portion of the PIC did not break off in the circulation. The external catheter length is the portion of the catheter that we can see outside of the skin. This measurement is so important because it reflects the movement of the catheter and if it has been pulled out of the SBC or IVC, and that would mean the PIC is misplaced and would require a chest X-ray and possible adjustment. The last measurement is the upper arm circumference. The arm can increase in size when a patient has a thrombosis or a clot forming in the vein. Wow. How does the admitting nurse remember all those questions to ask and report? Well, we've made it easy by providing the vascular access device transfer form. This form lays out all the questions you need to ask when taking a report for a new patient with a PIC. And then you can use the form to complete your documentation. The vascular access device transfer form. Where do nurses get this form? It is available in the reference library on the customer's web portal, OmniView, and you can request it from your pharmacy or your infusion nurse educator. So Erica, what suggestions do you have as far as care and maintenance? Some recommendations are to change the dressing and securement device 24 hours after insertion, on admission, and then weekly as needed. Make sure to use sterile technique when doing dressing changes and change out the needleless connectors, also on admission, every week with dressing changes and any time blood enters the needleless connector. And what about flushing? Well, as far as flushing and locking protocol, Omnicare recommends two methods. SASH, S-A-S-H, which stands for saline administer medication, saline, and heparin, and SAS, S-A-S, which stands for saline, administer medication, and saline. If the catheter is non-valved, the recommended method is SASH, S-A-S-H. Flush with 10 mils of saline, administer medication, then flush with 10 mils of saline, and end with 5 mils of heparin, 10 units per mil. If it is a valve catheter, we use SAS, S-A-S, flush with 10 mils of saline, administer medication, and then end with 10 mils of saline. Omnicare recommends flushing and locking every 12 hours as needed. That's a lot of information, Erica. How can the facility nurses remember this? The infusion maintenance table, Appendix A1, can be found in either the hard copy infusion therapy nursing manual or the online version in the customer's web portal OmniView under the reference library section. Nurses can also contact their pharmacy or infusion nurse educator for reference material. Well, this has been very informative and hopefully very helpful to our listeners. To recap, we have discussed, one, what is a PIC? Two, the benefits of using a PIC. Three, 
the differences between a peripheral and a central catheter. Four, confirming tip placement. Five, types of picks. Six, features of the pick. Seven, receiving report from the discharging facility. Eight, measurements of the pick. And nine, care and maintenance. Erica, any final words for our listeners? Well, Ron, I suggest that the nurses use all the resources available to them through the customer's web portal OmniView and the nurse's infusion manual for long-term care facilities. And they can always contact their pharmacy and infusion nurse anytime. Leonard, any words of wisdom? Yeah, Ron, in conclusion, picks can last for years. We can do our part to make sure we continue to properly care for and maintain the PIC by making sure we follow the flushing and locking protocols to help prevent any catheter occlusions, also perform dressing and needles connector changes every week or as needed stop any infection issues. We as nurses need to ensure the safety of our patients and report any complications or issues with a physician immediately. On behalf of the Omnicare Infusion Nurse Education Team, We'd like to thank you for participating in this podcast. Please keep in mind that your infusion nurse educators are always available for you. If you need absolutely anything, just give us a ring. We're here for you. Have a good rest of the day and stay safe and healthy.